I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, November 15th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. A lot to get into. Just another manic Monday. Goodness gracious, there's a lot to talk about. I love it, though. I, I love that we're here in crunch time. Michigan State and Michigan left in the regular season schedule. Win and you're in. I love it. I absolutely love it. Let's start, Pat, with a look back at Ohio State's 59-31 to 31 win over Purdue. I mean, the offense, we'll start with the offense, then we'll get to the defense. This offense was absolutely surgical. I mean, and Purdue's defense isn't that good, but it's not hasn't been horrible. And Ohio State was able to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, scored touchdowns on the first six drives, scored points on the first eight drives, had a field goal on their seventh drive, and then it scored another touchdown on their eighth drive, and then really called the dogs off. They were inside the 10 in the final seconds, took a knee, could have scored another touchdown there if they wanted to. What a performance from this Ohio State offense. Absolutely, and I think the only one that leaves disappointed is probably Mayan Williams because he, I think, was looking for that touchdown on that last drive when they took that knee. Um, but I think you know, this is the offense that we saw kind of middle of the season, and then you played Penn State, and I think Penn State really brought it in that game. And then I think last two weeks ago, I guess at this point now against Nebraska, you saw what taking a cog out of this offense with Garrett Wilson not playing does. It, it makes it easier for uh, you know any defense to defend when you don't have one of the best wide receivers in college football. And Garrett Wilson came back and showed what what he can do um, on any given Saturday. So I think that you know when this offense is at full strength, when it's clicking like it was on Saturday. I've said this all year. I am going to be very shocked if there's a defense that can really slow this one, this offense down. And even these last two games when they maybe haven't scored the points that they wanted to, it's, it's still been a lot of yards. They've moved the ball. Well, it was just finishing in the red zone. And, and they did that with, uh, with pretty, pretty much ease on, on Saturday. It was good to see the run game get going once again. And, and, you know, Garrett Wilson though, is the, the guy that I singled out. Um, obviously the numbers 126 yards on 10 catches and three touchdowns plus the 51 yard rushing touchdown, but just, you know, just how, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I started to, to underappreciate him just cause he's been here and he's been doing it now for, for two plus years. But uh, yeah, yeah. He just really stood out to me. I'm sure he was motivated. It sounded like it after the game, but yeah, this offense, this offense is elite. There's no question about it. Uh, Steve and I were talking after the game I guess the announcer on, on TV, one of them said that uh, if there's a team that he thinks can go toe-to-toe with Georgia, it's Ohio State because of this offense. I agree. I mean, Georgia's defense is, is elite, and I know we'll get into some playoff talk here in a minute. But, um, you know, the, I, 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 again, I just think that this, is, this offense is too good for anybody to shut it down entirely when they're clicking, when, when they've got everybody going. Let's look at the defense. You know, I mean – 
defense is still a concern. Now, I do see some good things with this defense. And I think, you know, some of us, uh, myself included, might have overreacted a little bit saying, oh, this defense gave up too many points and too many yards to Purdue. But Purdue, you know, I, I thought coming into the game, they'd be able to move the ball. I mean, yeah, you know, they gave up too many yards. They gave up almost 500 yards. They gave up 31 points. But Ohio State jumped out to a 42-14 lead, went to a more of a prevent defense than I think they would have if, you know, if it was a closer game. I mean, Matt Barnes has been pretty aggressive. I like the way the defense has been playing overall the last few weeks. One thing I do see, Patrick, I see this defense is susceptible to passes over the middle. I see way too many open guys, specifically over the middle. What are you seeing overall from this Buckeye defense? That is exactly what I was going to say, is, is over the middle concerns me. I think you saw Denzel Burke. Seven Banks, even though he gave up the touchdown, Cameron Brown, um, you know, Seven Banks and Cameron Brown are doing a good enough job. Denzel Burke, while David Bell had a good day statistically, it took him 11 catches to get, I think, his, yeah, 11 catches to get to 103 yards. So you did your job on him for the most part, given how explosive he's been and, and you know, having a freshman play on him, most of it. But, yeah, it's over the middle. It's the linebackers. It's the safeties. Bryson Shaw said after the game that he can't give up that touchdown over the top. He's the, the deep safety. He said it won't happen again. The problem is we've seen it too many times with Bryson Shaw this year. It's just, it's not good enough. It's, it's good to hear him own that mistake. And that's something I want to ask Ryan Day about is, is kind of what they do in that situation, um, what they, how they correct that. But, you know, to me, I think when you've seen this team give up big yards, it's been to, to pass heavy teams. Penn State came in and threw the ball. 52 times Purdue, the exact same thing. So yes, they gave up 390 passing yards to Purdue. Yes. They gave up 361 passing yards to Penn state, but you know, it was, it was teams that realized we're going to throw the ball and we're just going to keep throwing it and, and kind of gave up on the run. I don't know how many teams they're going to see the remainder of the season that are going to be willing to do that. And I don't just mean these next two games. I mean, in the big 10 championship, assuming Ohio state gets there, I don't think you're going to see a quarterback that can do what Sean Clifford or Aiden O'Connell did. And even in the college football playoff, I mean, maybe Alabama. Um, but that's, you know, if, if you run into Oregon again, and, and again, we'll get into that. I don't, Georgia's not throwing the ball 52 times. Um, you'll obviously have other issues with some teams, but the, the past defense is definitely a concern. At this point, I think it kind of is what it is. And certainly they can continue to improve, but you know, we've got a large enough sample size at this point to know what this defense is. And, and you touched on the, the problems over the middle. So, you know, I think that uh, I think that you kind of have to continue to work on your weaknesses, but you are what you are at this point in the year. And, and I think this defense has done enough with how good this offense is to, to win these games. I think that they will continue to do that. Um, teams are going to continue to target them over the middle, no doubt about it. I just don't think that there are teams on the remaining on the schedule that are likely to do anything that enough to beat this Buckeye team, especially if the offense keeps rolling. We'll get back to this year's team in a second. I do want to look ahead uh, to the future and in regard to who's going to be Ohio State's defensive coordinator long term. By long term, let's just you know start with 2022. We'll yeah. figure it out from there. Jeff Halfley didn't think he'd be one and done at Ohio State. There's an interesting thread on the board right now with people debating what uh, should happen, could happen, might happen. Um, I talked about this on the show either last week or the week before. I, I find it a very interesting topic. Um, Matt Barnes, I think, overall is doing a good job, um, especially being just, you know, thrust into this defensive coordinator role, even though he doesn't have the title. Um, after two games, I think he's doing a good job. I really do. And I know Ryan Day likes him, and Matt Barnes is a young guy. He's 35 years old, a coach on the rise. Who knows what's going to happen? I understand the fans that are saying, listen, 
Um, that's fine. That's all well and good. Ryan Day needs to bring in a proven defensive coordinator from the outside this offseason. Um, and that's what needs to happen. I get that. If that's your point of view, that's a, a an argument that I understand. Here's and I might I, I might even endorse that. Here's what I think is going to happen, Patrick. I'm curious to get your take on it. And I put this in the thread. It's a three-page thread in the front row message board about Matt Barnes and what might happen in the future with the defensive coordinator position. If I had to bet, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, here's what I think is going to happen. As long as the defense finishes the season strong, Matt Barnes will be the co-defensive coordinator, but will be the shot caller. Paul Rhodes will be the co-defensive coordinator, kind of in that Greg Madison role where somebody else is actually the shot caller, like Jeff Halfley was actually calling the defense. Kerry Combs last year was calling the defense when Greg Madison was here. I think it would be Matt Barnes calling the defense, Paul Rhodes having the title of co-defensive coordinator. What do you think is going to happen? What should happen? Well, in that scenario, does Kerry Combs move on? Is that? I think he will. I thought I, I was uh, when we met with him that one day. It was a few weeks ago when he just yeah. gave that impassioned. You know, you got to love Kerry Combs. He said a couple times about this year. He really stressed this year. I'm going to give everything for this. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe I read too much into it. It definitely felt to me. My vibe was he was telling us this is going to be my last year here. I, I'm willing to take this lesser role right now and swallow my pride right now. And he mentioned over and over again how this doesn't uh, affect his confidence in his coaching ability. To me, that sent a loud message. This is going to be his last year. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he stays on as DB coach. This guy is a, a very good DB coach and a phenomenal recruiter and will hurt recruiting if he leaves but that's just the vibe that I get is is he's playing on this being his last year okay yeah I, I mean the one thing with Kerry Combs is I think his his love for Ohio State is real right and so you know I, I could see him I can see both points of view I think you make a really good point the way he did talk did sound that way uh, I like your scenario I really do I think I, I mean, we don't know how much Paul Rhodes has, has had an impact, but we know what he's done in the past. I think that there is certainly uh, – and I er, – that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, I do think that at a place like Ohio State, and I said this before uh, with, with coaching hires, you should be able to go out and pick the best in the country. Now, with that said, I don't think that the best in the country is always the name. Right. I mean, sometimes it turns out that a guy like Matt Barnes or a guy like Ryan Day, let's remember, you know, he wasn't a huge name when he was brought in as quarterbacks coach that that they tend, you know, sometimes these coaches tend to know a little bit more than than the fans and even us. So I think that Ryan really does have to look at this and, and figure out, okay, how good of a job did Matt do? And how much can that continue to develop? And, and, you know, how much do we believe in him? And I think they believe in him a lot. And then, like you said, do, do you want to go get a guy that can, whether it's Paul Rhodes or somebody else, that can enhance that and, and you know, an experienced guy to work with him and kind of bring him along? Um, or do you kind of just hand the reins to, to Matt Barnes? Do you believe in him that much? I think Ryan Day believes in him enough that, that he will, like you said, he'll be the guy calling the shots. And whether it's Paul Rhodes, whether the Kerry Combs decides to stay in, in kind of the similar role that he's had most of this year, um, I think that with what we've seen from Ryan Day, he's comfortable with, you know, some of these these guys he believes in that may not be the big names. Um, now, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring in someone, you know, definitely if Kerry Combs decides to depart, whether that be Paul Rhodes on a full-time basis or not. Uh, but I do think that, like you said, the defense has to finish strong. And that doesn't mean you win a national championship necessarily. You just have to see 
things continue to, to move in the right direction. I think they have, even with what we just talked about. Um, but I do think Matt Barnes ends up being the guy that, that is kind of running things going forward. Um, and I think that that's a good call because I do think he's made a lot of good changes. And I think it would be very positive with an off season. You add some more guys in. Um, and, and, you know, I think the, an off season to really work on these things that they've implemented this year would, would bode well for Ohio State. As promised, I'll skip back to this season. I always love looking ahead. Even what am I sure. doing? It's, it's the middle of the season, not even the middle of the season. It's crunch time, and I'm looking ahead to the future. But it's hey, it's an interesting topic, and our customers think so as well. Uh, yeah. Proven by the robust thread on the board right now. If you're listening to the show, after you listen to the show, get on that thread. It's a very interesting read. And if you're a subscriber, you can add your thoughts. All right, let's do some prognostication, my friend. As it stands right now, not not who would be in right now, not we, what we think is going to be. Um, you know, what the committee says tomorrow night uh, when the new rankings come out. Let's predict who's going to be in the college football playoff. Give me your four teams. Who do you think ultimately is going to make the college football playoff this year, Patrick? Uh, I think that it will be because there's there's two different things here. There's what I think it will be and then what, what I could see the committee doing, right? But what I think is I think Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship Ooh. game. And so Georgia's obviously in. I think Georgia's probably in, even if they lose to Alabama, as long as it's not a blowout. Right. So I see Georgia uh, definitely in. I see um, Oregon, Ohio State. And that's where, you know, I really have, uh, really have a question. You know, is it a Cincinnati? Obviously, Oklahoma losing takes them out of the equation. I I assume Luke Fickle in Cincinnati keeps winning. I'm going to put Cincinnati in. Um, you know, I, this is more what I what I think will happen in terms of results and how I would then rank those teams. Um, you know, the committee may put a two-loss Alabama team in over Cincinnati. I don't know, but that's the way I kind of see the games playing out and how I would would have it shape up. Um, obviously, if Alabama beats Georgia, I don't think Cincinnati. We'll get in. Um, I just don't think that, that the committee values the the group of five teams enough, even an undefeated one with with two power five wins. Um, I think a lot would still have to happen. Uh, and yeah, so those are those are the teams. What do you think? OK, so my four teams are and I hope you're right about Georgia beating Alabama. because I do not think two loss Alabama would make it. And it's weird. I was thinking about this. So I think Ole Miss beating Texas A&M actually helps that situation out because if, if you don't want to loss Alabama to make it, because now Alabama's loss to Texas A&M doesn't look as good because now Texas A&M, A&M has lost again. I mean, not that Ole Miss is a bad team or anything like that, but I was glad Texas A&M lost. But I'm afraid Bama's going to beat Georgia. So I think and in that scenario, they're both going to get in, of course. So I have Georgia, Bama, Ohio State winning out and making it. And then I have Cincinnati making it as the fourth team. And here's why. I think Oregon's going to lose to Utah, if not when they play at Utah in the regular season uh, this coming week. They, they could play in a rematch then. Even if Utah loses that game, they could play in a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, and I think Oregon's going to lose one of those games. Or if they play somebody else in the Pac-12 championship game, I just think Oregon's going to lose. Cincinnati's going to win out. And... I think the committee is going to put Cincinnati in there as that number four team, but Cincinnati needs help. Cincinnati can't just win out and get in. They need help for sure. So I have Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. 
All right. Now, real quick, real quick. Here's an yeah. interesting just, you know, things would have to happen. But Oklahoma State, the way that they're playing right now, I think if, if they win out, win the Pac-12 championship, which would mean beating Oklahoma potentially twice, if, you know, Ohio State then would have beaten Michigan and Michigan State. So that takes those two teams out. Each of those two teams would have two losses. Oklahoma lost. Um, so you still have Notre Dame in there. I don't think Notre Dame can do enough to move up, but if enough happens, Oklahoma state's a team that I think could, could be interesting. Um, you know, assuming they continue to play well and whatnot, that they could sneak in and that could be your conversation given, uh, you know, both of our scenarios for that four spot with Cincinnati. Do you take a one loss conference champion from the big 12 who's playing well, or do you take an undefeated group of five? So just another team to throw in there. Yeah, Cincinnati would have to hope that Notre Dame wins out because they could just sit there and say, we beat Notre Dame. And, you know, they didn't beat them on a last-second field goal. They beat them by two scores in South Bend. So, um, And I know that's Cincinnati's – that's their only quality win. Also, Cincinnati has to hope that the committee puts – sneaks Houston in there. It's like 25th or something like that. So when Cincinnati plays Houston uh, in their conference championship game, that Houston's a ranked team. And I'll tell you what, Cincinnati might have trouble with SMU. Cincinnati's not been winning impressively at all. They haven't covered um, in four straight weeks, including this last week. They beat South Florida by 17. Okay. They were favored by 23. Cincinnati, listen, I, I don't think they're a top four team. Don't get me wrong. I just think if they went out um, because of all the chaos, I think they're going to get in, man. But I, I don't know. I hope I hope Georgia just beats Bama. I do not, I do not think two lost Bama is going to get in. Um, I hope Georgia just takes care of business in the SEC championship. Cincinnati Cincinnati playoff team would be fun for the state of Ohio. I think that would be, you know, two Ohio teams in the college football playoff would be, would be interesting. And I, and I like Luke fickle, you know, I'd be happy for Luke. I'm not, I don't think there's any, like, you know, I don't think any, and I'm sure every Ohio state fan that's listening to the show would agree. I mean, there's really not a fear of Cincinnati. Yeah, they're joining the Big 12, but it's like, are they even still going to be considered a Power Five, you know, conference at that point? I'm, I'm I'd be happy for Luke Fickle. Um, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't sit there. I have no hate for Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati has a lot of hate for Ohio State, but whatever. That's, that's on them. All right, let's look ahead, man. I told you this is a manic Monday. Glad it's not Sunday, because uh, this is our fun day. All right, enough quoting the Cincinnati Bengals. Ohio State, Michigan State, this Saturday at the Horseshoe, high noon. Man, when the spread opened at 18, I did the story for our site. I'm thinking, that's pretty robust. 18? Guess what? I checked. It's up to 19 and a half. So it, it wasn't high enough. The money is going Ohio State's way. Um, obviously, this isn't, you know, Vegas trying to predict the score. They're trying to get money on both sides of the, the so the, the sports books win. Um, so 19 and a half points, the Buckeyes are favored. Goodness gracious. I tend to think this is going to be a tighter game than that. I like this Michigan State team. I think Ohio State can contain this fantastic running back they have, Kenneth Walker III. But Peyton Thorne's a good quarterback, man. He's like, he's he's a, a good passer, but he's a sneaky good runner too. He's like a better version of Sean Clifford at Mich- at uh, Penn State, in my opinion. So, man, uh, but Michigan State's defense is not anywhere near Penn State standards. This spread seems a little high. Your thoughts on this matchup? Your your thoughts on this spread? I, I agree with you on the spread seeming high. Um, somebody told me yesterday before I, I saw your story or saw the, the actual spread, somebody told me it was at 27, which blew my mind. So when I saw 18, that made at least a little bit more sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is a, a, from an outsider's view, if you haven't watched Michigan State, you know, I think you probably think, oh, it's, you know, another 
Michigan State team that, you know, just kind of sputtering along um, as they have in recent years. But this isn't. This is a good football team. And, you know, I'm going to dive into them a little bit more today in terms of watching back some of their games. But from what I have seen throughout the year, I've been really impressed with what they've done. You mentioned Kenneth Walker. You mentioned Peyton Thorne, two guys that, you know, should stand out. If, if, if you're not familiar with them, as Buckeye fans, you will be. I imagine by the end of this weekend, um, a solid defense too. I think Mel Tucker's done a really good job with this team. Um, I'm glad this game is in Columbus. I really am because I think going to East Lansing, you know, that's just a, it's, 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 it's a weird place to play. Um, So I think, I think the Buckeyes will handle business. I don't know if they cover that 18 point spread, but I definitely think, you know, I mean, we talked about it. We think Ohio state will be in the playoffs. So we obviously, we think they win this game, but I think it'll be a good one. And, uh, you know, senior day and all that, the emotion that goes with that obviously can play a part, especially early in the game. Uh, Michigan State, if, if they can get out to a, a fast start, could have an advantage on, in that. But I think this Buckeye team's focus. I think they know what, what the task at hand is. They've been looking forward to these games. You know, obviously this last half of the season, they've talked about it a lot. The Penn State game, um, even this past week, I think was a big deal for that team. But these two te- these two Michigan games, I think are teams from the state of Michigan, I should say, are the games that they've kind of had uh, circled at the end of the year here. And, and, and we're at it. We're at it, man. Last but certainly not least, Buckeyes got a huge commitment on Saturday. Sonny Styles becoming the third commitment in Ohio State's 2023 class. Five-star safety from right here in Columbus, pick central. Big time. Number one safety in the country in the 2023 class. Number eight overall player in the country. Buckeye legacy, son of former linebacker Lorenzo Styles. And listen, this was no – now, I think everybody had a pretty good feeling about Sonny Styles. But, uh, I mean, his brother didn't go to Ohio State, though. Lorenzo Styles Jr. is at Notre Dame. But uh, what a great get. Sonny Styles becoming a Buckeye. And I didn't, did not expect this happening on Saturday. It kind of came out of the blue. I know you were driving to the game and had to, like, pull over at, like, Panera so you could get some work done and get the story up and everything and help with – some of the social media stuff and everything else you do, but uh, what a great get getting Sonny Styles, third member of this 2023 class for Ohio State. For sure. And, and maybe, you know, things for Ohio State aren't where, you know, you, you close the door or close the uh, fences on, on Ohio like they used to be. But when you have a player this good, especially in your backyard, it reminds me of a Zach Harrison type a few years ago. You, you can't let them go. Um, Zach Harrison, obviously, was looking at Michigan. Sonny Styles looking at Notre Dame especially considering Ohio State and Notre Dame are playing the next two years. You want this kid on your side of the ball for sure. Uh, I'm excited. I, I've seen him do some stuff over the summer when, when he was at uh, Ohio State camps, interviewed him once there. But uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see him on Friday. His Pickerington Central are playing my uh, Upper Arlington Golden Bears in the state tournament. So I'm excited to see him in, in real action there. Um, but everything I've seen, read. You know, the, the highlights and whatnot. This this is a great get for Ohio State. Um, you know, I think he probably projects it at one of the linebacker bullet spots. Uh, maybe not that safety position that he's listed at on our site. But, you know, I think he's a guy who can do a lot of good things on defense. Um, and, and you know, you couldn't have, like I said, you couldn't have let him walk out the door of this state and, and head over to Notre Dame and have to deal with him the next two years. Yeah, we didn't need both of uh, the Styles kids at, at Notre Dame. Like, we had to get uh... – had to get Sonny here, man. Lorenzo Styles, senior, which he uh, just Lorenzo Styles was. Uh, uh, he played at Ohio State when I went there, and um, 
In fact, my freshman year was his last year there. I remember sitting in the dorms being upset because he left early for the the pros. I mean, that's that's one thing I remember because I loved watching him. He was he was a really 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 good thumper of a middle linebacker. Uh, great to get Sonny Styles in here. His son, the number one safety in the country. Okay, we're done with this robust version of the Bucknuts Morning Five. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you to our listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.